Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And, uh, well, I'm always excited on Sunday mornings to be here with you on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. We're on Sunday mornings from 7 to 8. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and what God is doing in his glorious kingdom. This is show number 946 today, and uh, I'm always happy to have you along, and I hope that you'll stay with me for a full hour today. Uh, I have a guest today in the studio that we're just going to talk about a vision, and this is a vision that he has in his heart. His name is Daryl Cooper Stiles. Daryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pastor King. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Now, we met the other day and just had a chance just to share our hearts with one another. And uh, you started telling me about uh, a dream, vision, something that you have in your heart that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're still at the organizing stage. Yes. But tell us what it is. Well, you know, I had this crazy dream to actually uh, put something together to help people help themselves. Um, you know, uh, this world sometimes seems like 100 miles per hour. It's just moving so fast. We don't even have time to cry or to reach out for help, and we just feel like we're just stuck or in a box. So, um, you know, I, I grew up in the 80s, and I just thought that um, we weren't allowed to cry or to uh, lean on our fellow man in reference to help. And, um, and I think that things... Um, would have been better for me if I had someone to help me process a lot of things. So I, I had this crazy idea of starting an organization called Men Helping Men. But it's really not men helping men. It's just men that could have been, should have been, or were broken uh-huh. and, um, and got lost and, you know, was found and, or, or had the assistance you know, of being found, and and I kind of want to extend that out to um, to everyone I you know possibly can reach. So I think it was uh, a blessing, um, you know, meeting you and uh, talking to you about this funny little idea that I have about trying to reach out to our youth to help them help themselves, and uh, and just try to make the. Yeah, just picking on some of the things, picking picking out some yeah. of the things that you've said. You talked about men, but you've also mentioned youth. Yes. Now, is there a distinguishing between yeah. in your mind? Yeah, and 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 so here's the thing. So if we can catch them when they're young, uh-huh. well, it, it, it depends too. So if we can catch, if we can catch the preteens or mm-hmm. teenagers right as they're starting to feel like the world owes them something or they're um they know better than you Mm -hmm. if we can catch them at that age i think that uh there's a better chance well it sounds to me like that uh part of your history is what's driving you absolutely now have there been times in your life when you were perhaps maybe a troubled teen or oh absolutely okay absolutely tell us about some of that oh uh you know um single mom uh father in a different state um you know having you know different siblings um living in the projects and watching my mother mother struggle and uh, just being you know no stability um not having you know you know if you if you didn't go to school uh, that was a meal that you missed, uh-huh. so you had to make sure that you got there. Um, okay. So, I, you know, um, but I, you know, I, it's crazy though. But that was the happiest moments in my life because I wasn't alone. Uh-huh. And I, part of that, uh, I think, one of the worst feelings a person can go through is loneliness. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, if you know, if you grew up with parents that had um let's say old school where you knew what a switch was or uh-huh. a backhand slap or you knew <laughs> that look that your parents gave right, you and right. you can freeze in mid air if you were jumping around. Right. 
Um, but uh, I think that because I was surrounded by a lot of people that were in those same circumstances, I didn't feel alone. So it was just, you know, it was just the usual. Mm -hmm. But evidently there was another time in your life when you did feel alone. Absolutely. When was that? Absolutely. Um, when, I, when I started wanting to, um, when I wanted a better life for mm -hmm. myself and I didn't have anyone to, to teach me and, uh, about finances and about um, uh, work etiquette. Mm -hmm. um, um, so was this after you uh, had gotten to an age where it's time to get out on your own? Yes. So what direction did you take after that? Did you, did you go to college? Or? Well, um, funny thing is I actually lived on my own when I was 13. Uh-huh. Um, I uh, lived at a motel, um, lived at a motel, saved my money, worked at Burger King, had half a day at school, at high school. No uh -huh. one knew that I was um, homeless um, because I wore it well. I dressed well, um, saved my money, paid my bills, um, didn't talk about it. But there was two teachers that knew my circumstances. You know, what happened to your parents? Well, my father was going through his issues with um, with the um, uh, drinking, uh, very heavy okay. drinking. Um, he had a, a lot of loss, and that was his go-to to ease his pain. Um, and where was your mother? My mother was in Florida. Okay. And so, I was so that in they, bo they both just left you? No, my mother sent me to New Jersey to be with my father, and that was supposed to be for summer. Yeah. That summer wind up being six years. So you're actually, your father was the guardian, but he wasn't guarding you, you very well. Absolutely. So you're kind of out on your own. Absolutely. So, so did you, you left, it, left his house? Well, um, we really didn't have a house. We were going from place to place, uh, struggling uh -huh. uh, with so many different issues. My father was trying to help his brother. He was trying to help his other um, his other kids um, and he was going through his own illness mm -hmm. um, that he was battling um, and drinking was his go-to um, and you know his marriage with his wife was um, deteriorating okay um, so so you just caught up in all this yeah and I so. just could there was I didn't have the things that I needed to um, have a in my mind a normal life which uh -huh. means you know I guess running water electricity um you know i hardly ever got a chance to eat you know dinner and uh -huh. i knew that going to school was going to provide me at least right, two meals right. okay, so no, no, let's, let's back up in no, yeah. no, no water no electricity where was no. this at and this was new jersey this was um in our neighborhood um my you know i was pretty much left by myself so my father didn't um um there was a lot of things that wasn't taken care of. Uh -huh. So if there was a water leak, it got bad. If there was a toilet leak, it got bad. If the um, if anything was broken, it rarely got fixed unless I fixed it. Now was this a house? Yes, it was a home that your dad was renting, or no? He was. I, I, I believe he was paying a mortgage on it. Okay, it okay. just got really bad. Um, so it was. I think the house was built maybe in the sixties. Okay. And we were there in the 80s. All right. So so you're living in this house. That yes. Your dad's trying to pay for it, but he has issues. Spent yes. a lot of his money on alcohol. Yes. Again, you're caught up in the middle of it all. It. Now, how did you get a job at Burger King at 13? Oh, well, um, I had to lie on the uh, application. Uh-huh. Um, and they didn't ask for any kind of proof? No, they didn't. <laughs> no. Um, actually, the first job I had was at Crystal's. Okay. And um, that didn't last very long. Um, that lasted maybe about a month and a half. Okay. Um, Just didn't work out. Didn't work out. Okay. I think I got fired. I think <laughs> I got fired. Um, I think I just had a problem. I thought that, you know, I came from a victim um, standpoint, you know, in my mind, I was like the victim because I didn't have transportation and I didn't have... Um, I didn't have a uniform. I, didn't, you know, I was a victim. So I thought the excuses by being a victim was going to help me, and that really hurt me. And uh -huh. I didn't like feeling that way. But I just needed to work so I can get me some sneakers. <laughs> so, um, 
And that, that kind of like, um, I remember when I got my first paycheck, and just to go off subject real quick, when I got my first paycheck, um, they were, my, um, my mother was happy for me, and I, uh, they knew I got paid on Friday. When I came home from school Friday, I go to work, and I got my check. And when I came back from work with my check, my first paycheck, I had a bill on a table, and that right there was a wake-up call for me. Uh-huh. Hey, good job. You got your check. Now you can help pay bills. Uh-huh. So <laughs> now, I wouldn't do that to my kids uh-huh. because I knew, I knew in my mind then that it put me in a, a situation where I was now forced to think like a grown-up. I had right. a budget. I couldn't party. And party to me was just hanging out with my friends, yeah. walking to the movie theater because we didn't have a car. But uh, did you you got the job at the Burger King? When so you, yes. when you were still with your mother or with no, with I was with my mother. I came down for a summer. I see. Okay. I came down for a summer and um, got my driver's um, permit because at that age you can do that then. Okay, and uh, went back to New Jersey. You can't drive in New Jersey with a permit at that time, at that age unless. You know, you had to have someone. So you got the permit in Georgia. I got it in Florida. Florida. Yeah, okay. got it in 50, Florida. It was 15, right? And I was 14 at that time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was 14 at yeah. that time. And being that my birthday was in September, I was able to get it before I was right. actually 14. So you were way too young to be driving. Yeah. But I could drive, though. <laughs> okay. I could drive. Right. Though. I could drive a column shift, stick shift, four-speed, okay. three-speed. All right. So, so um, you know, I, I got to the point where it got so cold in my home that I had to find something else. So I told my teacher what I was going through. And uh, um, they, they gave me money to stay at the motel. The teacher did. The teacher did. Okay. Mr. Now, McCartney. Now, was this Florida or New Jersey? This was New Jersey. Okay, I got to say, if, if this was Florida, nobody would have any sympathy for you. <laughs> you oh, said, wow. It's cold in the house. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, right, no. Right. New Jersey, New it Jersey, was freezing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Cold in the house. Right. I slept in my clothes. Right, I, I understand. Yeah, New Jersey, it's a totally different story. <laughs> yes. So, I knew that I had to pay my rent. Okay. I think it was probably like maybe $150 at that time. All right. A week. That was a lot of money. That was a lot of money. This is I, in the hotel. This is in the hotel. Yeah. And it was one of those, it was not, nothing special. Uh-huh. I mean, really nothing special. Okay. Um, the walls were thin, cinder blocks, looks like uh, a trucker's uh, motel. <laughs> and I was just so happy to have a place that I thought I can call my own. Uh-huh. And keep it nice and tight and clean because I'm a neat freak. And I think I was a neat freak because I just wanted to do the opposite of what was happening in my home or my father's home. Makes sense, yeah. So uh, I get the job at Burger King. My, um, I had to pay a security deposit. My teacher paid the security deposit oh and promised, promised me not to say anything because he could lose his job. Oh, my. Of course, I didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, I then um, got a call that the principal wanted to talk to me to make sure that my days were shortened so I can work full days at wow, work. Wow, And I went from working, um, I just got into the 10th grade, I went from working um, after school to working, I think it was 11.45, I was able to leave school. Well, see, evidently, they saw in you potential. Or maybe it was just trying to get me out of the school and just uh, try no, to help I think, myself. No, I think that they saw that you had the work ethic and you had the potential. Yeah, I was hungry. And, and they were willing to invest in you. Yeah. And you know what? And, and you know, it, I, I always knew. So I just felt that I was always 100 miles per hour. Uh-huh. And most of the kids were like 50 and 40 miles per hour. <laughs> but I was always the kid that if you told me to do my job, or uh-huh. told me to do a job. I would actually make sure it was thoroughly right. completed. And that's probably what the teacher saw in you. Yeah. Again, they, they saw your potential. Right. And they wanted to help. And uh, thank God that they did. And I, uh, and I appreciate that today. So now, how long did you have to work at the Burger King? Well, I did that um, for about six months. Okay. Seven months. And then I got another job, which was a lot better than Burger King. There was an academy called Admiral Farragut. Academy, and it was a all boys military school that was in Pine Beach, New Jersey. Oh, 
And that school gave me the opportunity to make a lot more, uh-huh. steady hours, easy on the body, and they were very nice and kind. So what were you doing there? I was a salad prep. <laughs> I, like I was a salad prep. And it was better than just coming back, breaking down the greasers and uh-huh. cleaning up all the grease right, and the floors right. as I did at Burger King. So now, so now you weren't And going- I could take food home that wasn't just burgers that were old. There you go. But you weren't going to the school or not? Yes. Well, you, you mean um, to the... Where you're working at. The, yes. No, no. I actually just worked there. Yeah. But I didn't go to the school there. I, were going, I was going to my high school. Okay. Okay. But but you're working there. Now you're making better money. Yes. A little better situation Life for you. a little you. good for me. Right? It's a little bit good <laughs> for me. So I, I um, when I went to Florida for that one semester, my grades came back six months later. And I started to play football and I was pretty popular. And I was deemed ineligible. And my feelings were crushed uh-huh. because I could not play football. So why were you not eligible? Um, because I should have been in the 11th grade. I should have been in the 11th grade instead of the 10th grade. Okay. So they, because of your age? Yes. Well, not because of my age. It was because uh, when you transfer and you don't have the proper amount of credits, they're going to hold you back a year. Okay. And okay. Unless, unless you... So if, if I were to had tried to play football in a summer then I could have went to summer school or got tutored uh-huh. or even transferred to another institution as Admiral Farragut or private school uh-huh. and been able to call, uh, catch myself up to have the proper amount of credits to match my grade huh. so um, now there's so many different ways around that if you're a star athlete they're going to figure it out before you <laughs> yeah, even have that. Yeah. But I didn't have that. I had no one to tell me anything. No one. But I did have this this uh, white kid um, that was a friend of mine that offered me to go to his Bible study. He is like a year younger than me. So by the time I got in 11th grade, he was in the 10th grade. And, um, you know, uh, he said, you know, I heard about you in football because the football coach lives two houses from us. And he said, you probably were the best athlete that has ever come through the door in the years that he's been there. And I'm just wondering, what's next for you? And I'm like, well, I wanted to quit school. And the Army wouldn't um, take, no, the Marines won't take you if you quit school. Uh-huh. They won't even take a GED. So I'm like, man, now I got to stay in school. And because I heard about the old days where people were allowed to quit school and go into the military and then start a life. Uh I was just so desperate to start a life. They're more apt to do that when there's a war on. Right. Well, (laughs) yeah. Well, we we don't need a war. I think I was. No, no. But you're you're in the 80s. Yes. Right. So so there wasn't any major. This was like 86. Yeah. So there wasn't any major conflicts going on at that time. If you catch it during the Vietnam era, Um, they'd they'd probably take it. I'm in better shape. (laughs) Just just like 20 some years, 28 years. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so you, but you're in Florida at this time. No, now, now no, I'm in New back, Jersey. Back in New Jersey. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, FCA, and that's another meal that you can get, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Right. And, and Randy was my, my buddy. And so he said to me, he said, hey, um, instead of going back to the motel, why don't you just stay with me and save your money? You only have one year left in high school. So, okay. you know, just stay with me. And I'm like, Randy, I said, you know, I don't know if your parents are going to like that. You know, I'm black, you're white, and you're Italian on top of that. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, mob, the mob was, John Gotti was big uh-huh. in that, that area. You know, people <laughs> knew about all the mob stories. So I didn't know much about the mob stories, but I do recall hearing about the mob all the time. So I didn't really want to get caught up in anything that was derogatory <laughs> and negative. So um, he begged me and begged me. And right. so Thanksgiving came. And he said, listen, please, let me ask, and what, what is the problem? You don't want to stay with me because I'm white? And I'm like, no, Randy, I said, your parents may not want me staying there because I'm black. And he says, my parents aren't like that. And I'm like, well, what if, what if you're wrong and you find out what I think may be the reason? Uh-huh. How would you look at your parents? He said, well, I probably feel 
I probably feel different about my parents. He said, but my father's a pastor and um, my mom, she wouldn't have a problem with it. She's the boss and she wouldn't have a problem with it. <laughs> so at this time, he has not asked his parents. He that, hasn't. That, okay. Because I refused him uh -huh. for about six, seven months okay. now. And, um, you know, I got fed up with Randy and I said, Randy, you know, he was just very adamant. Uh -huh. Just very adamant. Like, I'm very anal about making sure, you know, my job is done and I'll come back and make sure it's done again. He was just that adamant. And I'm like, Randy, okay, forget it. If this is, if you want, go ahead. Okay, but I know it's not going to happen. But if you ask your parents and they say it's okay, then I'll move with you. Okay. So I go back to my motel that night. It's freezing. And uh, try not to move around too much because I don't have anything to eat. And back then, you didn't have really refrigerators or many refrigerators in your room. You had to have a, go get a hot plate or something like that to cook your food or put some hot water in something and sit it into a sink. If you had something cold, put some ice into the right. sink and okay. cool it. So I didn't have anything. So my stomach was starting to growl. And I'm like, man, I said, can't wait to go to work tomorrow so I can eat. Go to school tomorrow so I can eat and then go to work. Right. Well, I got back in the parking lot about 12 o'clock from my school, my high school. His dad was in the parking lot. He said, son, grab your stuff. You're coming with me. Huh. I'm like, wow. So wow. I'm scared. This white guy told me to come <laughs> with him. And I only met him twice. Right. And I'm like, wow. So I get in this big house and I feel like um, I'm watching an episode of The Brady Bunch. <laughs> and, you know, the Partridge family, the house is nice, it's right. really big, you know. Right. I like, oh man, and I'm from like the roughest side of town, other side of the tracks. Um, and I'm like, how is this going to work? Well, you know, uh, long story short, long story short, the. You know when they served me. Um, when they served me, they, they they laid down some rules when I when I got there. They said um, you can't um, come in after eleven o'clock. They said, "How much do you pay for rent?" I said, "I pay a hundred and forty dollars, about a hundred and forty dollars a week." And they said, "Okay, we still want you to pay rent." And I'm like, "Ah, that's the catch. They want uh, me to pay rent. That's what my mind said. Right, I was suspicious." Right. So they said, but we don't want you to pay that much. We want you to pay $80, just okay. $80. Okay. And we'll take you to work. We'll take you to school. You'll have a ride to school. Football coach is three doors down. He'll take you to school. We already have it set up and arranged for you. Okay. You have everything that you need to finish. You shouldn't. We want you to have fun. This is your last year. And I had fun. Uh -huh. uh, there were some things that I had to get used to. I didn't know about the culture too much so when you said linguine fettuccine pasta you know um <laughs> what is that the only thing i knew was beefaroni ravioli uh potted meat vienna sausages right. things like that right. and so uh you know uh and we didn't call you didn't say spaghetti sauce in the house you said sauce or gravy okay you do not say spaghetti sauce <laughs> so um but you know, uh, long story short, I joined the Marines. Um, you swore in for the Marines. And when I graduated high school, Randy, Pastor Randy, my dad, my Italian dad, he said, um, I want you to open this box up when you get on the bus. Because I left. Uh -huh. I graduated and I left. And I... And I felt like, I felt, uh, I don't know, um, the emotions were, was was different. Uh -huh. It was like, I don't know if it was the first time, like, I felt loved. But I, I always felt like um, when it came to my father or it came to my mother, I felt like I loved them more than they loved me. It's weird. Uh -huh. Um like you know it's like one of those parents where you're in a shopping center and you're tagging along as a little child because you're screaming and crying because you want your mom that's the kind of love I felt for my parents but it felt different it felt like 
they were concerned and they loved me and they were chasing me uh-huh. instead of me chasing them. So they were they were demonstrating to you what real parents were, were like. Yeah. yeah. And and not not to take anything from my parents because they only they uh, there's no instruction guide that comes with being a parent and I know that That's because true. of my kids. <laughs> and you know and um and we love how we love and we we can't pick and choose our parents. But when I got on a bus, I never cried in front of anybody ever. Never. I got on the bus. I opened up the shoebox, and it was all the rent money. I, I, I knew that was coming, man. <laughs> and the bus driver in a Greyhound uh-huh. was a black guy. He had the glasses on. He says, "Hey, you gonna cry? You about to cry?" <laughs> and I tried to run back in the back and just hide in the corner and right, cry right. because, you know. Um, that was um that was the true that was the first time i felt true truly um that someone loved me right. unconditionally but they were looking ahead they think let's get yeah. time he's gonna be out on his own he's gonna need some money yeah and so so they, oh yeah they, and they, they probably they, didn't say that you know i don't want him to come back because he eats a lot <laughs> so <laughs> so so but the, but the thing is is that you know i, I wanted to take from you know, um, when I left, you know, going to college and then, you know, thinking that, you know, um, I was ready to get married and then having a relationship when I got married and then having a, um, that wife disappear. Um, and then, um, you know, spawn a child from another woman. It just seemed like everything that I didn't want to do in society uh-huh. to be that guy, it seemed like. I became that guy. Right. Now, let me explain to the radio audience because we have people sure. coming and going. Sure. And you've been listening to Daryl's testimony here, and you say, well, what's this all about? But in the beginning of the show, I asked him to share his vision. And his vision is, is that God would allow him to provide a place for men. Yes. So that the the type of things that he feels like that there were voids in his life yes. that weren't there even though he had parents they weren't always there for him he wants to fill in that void for yes. for young people or men yes but the the problem is and you'll learn this as you go along is it you really don't do both well in that type of setting Absolutely. Now, like if, like if you've got a dad and he's got children, then that may work. Right. But if it's just, well, I'm going to have some children over here and some men over here, uh, I don't I don't see how that would work. But I, then again, who, what do I know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, but the thing about it, all that will work out. Yeah. That will all come, come to, to reality. But the thing is, is that as we're listening to your testimony, yes. we're getting a glimpse of your heart and why it is that you feel led to do. Yes what you're doing and the vision that you have to be able to find this place to where you can have it available for men helping men to to help men yes so where we're at at this point in your life you've talked about going to the marine corps right and so did you go to the marines i swore in okay um i I was married my wife was pregnant i swore in went to meps in richmond came back from meps got in the uh, debt program, which is the delayed entry program. And once I did that, went to two drills before I shipped off the boot camp. My wife disappeared. 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 Do you know where? Did not know. What you do now? I do now. Okay. Where did she go? And I'll tell you how. Okay. And this is really fast. Are you All ready? Right. Which I'm glad that we touched on earlier about the DNA. Okay. So. Because that was off the air. That, like, absolutely. I, I yeah. doesn't know what we're talking right. about. So <laughs> so here, here's the thing. So I did a DNA. And we'll go really fast, super fast. So I did my DNA um, on the strength of my wife because my wife does not know her biological father. Okay. So my wife on her birth certificate had this individual that was on the birth certificate. And I wanted to investigate to find out who... He was because my wife is very beautiful, smart, and what man would not want to know this woman as their child? So, we did a DNA uh, kit. 
I did it because, you know, my wife did it. Let me go ahead and do it just to show support. There's nothing going to come back that I'm not aware of. So I thought, uh-huh. well, not only did we find out that her fa- my wife's father was not her father, but we found out that her mother was adopted from Germany because she was a, a product of a biracial relationship in Germany from a black soldier during Vietnam. Okay. And um, she was adopted and sent to New Jersey, my wife's mother, and then uh, was raised in California where my wife was born. Now, with my information that came back from my DNA, I found out that my grandfather um, didn't know his mother and unfortunately he passed away without knowing his biological mom died in childbirth having him and he was also a twin. Now, the information that I got back seven months later, no, no, I'm sorry. The information I got back seven months ago, which I took the DNA test three years ago, okay. came back that I had a son that was born in 1990. That was the son that I had with my wife when I joined the Marines. The one that disappeared. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. But now there's one thing you didn't tell us. We got to go back and sure, fill sure, this in. Sure. Because last we heard, you were leaving the Italian family. Yes. Heading to the Marine Corps. Yes. How did the wife, where did the wife come from? Well, the wife came from me leaving to, um, me leaving to, um, I don't know if you, you're, you've been in Tallahassee for some time. Uh, 40 some years. Yeah. Okay. So you remember, okay. So back in, um, so I graduated 87. So okay. once I graduated from high school, um, boot camp bleeds over into the first semester of college if you were going to go to college and being that I graduated in the latter part of June I would miss that I would have to wait until January so I decided to come down to Tallahassee where my mom worked at TPD and go to college for one semester and then wait to go to the Marines okay so, so, a, so when you left the, the Italian family, they thought you were going to the Marines. They knew I was going to, I was waiting to go to the Marines. Okay, okay. And while I was waiting to go to the Marines, I was going to get a semester in under my belt at All college. Right, so when they, when you left her, they, they knew you were going to Tallahassee. Absolutely. Okay, All Yes. Right. Okay. So I get to Tallahassee. There was a school here called um, Fort Lauderdale College in Tallahassee. Right Aha, the street. Right down right, the street right, from right, the police right, department. Right the road here. Yeah. So my mom would yeah. go to work, drop me off. And yep. then I, so, so I went there. The school was a joke. It was a joke. Um, they took my money. I, I have a story about that. Yeah. That, so, that would affirm what you just said. Exactly. So anyway, I got I ran up some debt that I didn't know, and I just okay. realized very quickly, and I quit like okay. after two months. I quit right. because there was guys that were in my class that couldn't spell their own name, and uh-huh. I said, "Uh oh, something's wrong." So, so anyway, so um, I decided that um, I met um, met up with a group. Um, at Florida State University of Fellowship Christian Athletes okay. that went with some of the Gobby kids that had Bible study over Mr. Lawrence House on Tharp Street. Okay. So um, met some football players, met some some marquee names, and we took a trip and went to a retreat. And okay. that was the first time I ever went on a retreat. Oh, that changed my life. Okay. I I think I was the black Jesus. Christius? Yes. Um, was it Christius? Uh, um where was it? Uh, okay, well, no, the name of the, what I'm thinking of is uh, Christius, if I'm saying that right. But that's, not, yeah, that's not it, because yeah, you're not yeah, familiar um, with it, so. What was it called? It was called the, um, gosh. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. So, so um, changed my life, okay. and um, I decided to go to a Christian university. Okay. Liberty University or uh, Texas Christian University. All right. And I chose Liberty. Okay. And that's where I met my wife. Okay. Yes. Okay. That got all that filled in for us. Yes. Now. So yes. we met her at Liberty University. Yes. So I'm assuming that at this retreat, did you come to the Lord at that time? Oh, man. Yes. I mean, was that your conversion? Well, I was, time? I was baptized for my stepmom. You know, okay. my stepmom, she was very adamant about going to church. Okay. So I was baptized um, probably when I was maybe 10 or 11. And, um, my father never went to church. He never went to church. As a matter of fact, before he passed, um, I made sure as I was en route to watch him take his last breath, I made sure that we got some. We got two pastors up there to make sure that he knew the Lord before he, he okay. left us. Right. So 
he, he, I never had that that pleasure of going to church with him. Yeah. Um, the only time I went to church with him is when I watched him get married, uh, and that was it. So, um, but you know, um, I'm the. You got to re- remember that I'm the product of uh, a single mom, right? Who had four kids from my father, who lost a child, which was two boys, two girls. Yeah. So Junior, which is my father's oldest, my brother, he passed away as a young uh, child. Then it was my older sister and my me being the middle child, and then my little sister. So all all of this is just helps us to get an understanding of sure. why you want to do what you're doing. Yes, what, what your vision is is yes. to is to help men. Yes, to do this. Yes. Now we're gonna take a minute here, play a little gospel music, and okay. we'll come back. And we're gonna pick up the story. Gotcha. Now you're you're at Liberty University. You met your wife. There. Yes. We still haven't gotten you in the Marine Corps yet, but right we'll on. talk about that. You got it. Yes. <laughs> we come back. But those of you who listen every Sunday, you know Pastor King. He loves Southern gospel music, and I always like to share a little bit with you on Sunday mornings to help us uh, prepare our hearts as we. Uh, Get ready to go to church today, because this is Sunday, and this is church day. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King, and I've had the privilege to do this show now for about 18 years. Show number 941 today. I've interviewed a lot of people involved in a lot of different styles and types of ministry and people with dreams and visions and I'm all about the dreams and the visions and uh, that's why I've invited Daryl to come and be with us today because uh, somebody's got a dream in their heart I'm, I'm one of those people that I just tell you follow your dreams don't let nobody talk you out of it don't let anybody discourage you you just follow your dreams now, again, I want to invite you to church today. I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We're in the Crescent Park Plaza, right across from the prison there on Capital Circle. We're between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. So if you're heading toward Park Avenue, look for us on the right-hand side. We'll have our signs out there on Sunday mornings. Also, the Saturday Night Gospel Sing airs on 94.1 on Saturday nights, 7 o'clock. A full hour of Southern gospel music. If you're like me and you like gospel music, you're going to enjoy the show. And also my friends, Robin and Jim, AAA, Constant Comfort. We've been talking about them for years. They do heating and air conditioning, and they're good at what they do. 893-9566. Daryl Cooper style. <laughs> and, uh, we're not going to get into all this. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he was explaining to me about the name, and we'll just, we'll just let that yeah, pass right okay, on. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, Telling his story, because he has a dream in his heart, he wants to provide a place for men to where they can help find mentoring and uh, encouragement. Counseling. Because he's been through some things where those things were void and absent in his life. He wants to help fill that void up. And so... You went to Liberty University. Yes. You met your wife there. She disappeared. And I'm assuming the reason why she disappeared was because she was with child. Yes. That, and so, yes. Now how long was it before you found out where she was? Um, 2006. And, and when was it you were at Liberty? In the 80s? No. 1990. 1989, so 16 years. 16 yes. years. You didn't know what happened to her. Did not know. And how did you find her? Um, or did she find you? Well, it, it took no, she didn't find me okay. at all. Um, she put the child up for adoption. Um, I'm finding this out now, but I I went to was it 2007? 2007, I went to uh Naples and I got sick in Naples and uh I caught staph infection and then I had. Uh, MRSA in the lungs oh my. so I thought I was about to check out and I you know I went to sleep with a fever about 104 105 I thought I can just walk in the hospital and walk back out, back out and they said no you're not going anywhere you, you are in trouble here and uh, they start asking me about a will and I say well God if this is what is supposed to happen you know if you know, here's that call to you. If if you give me that opportunity, I'm going to marry your beautiful woman and 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 uh, do the right thing for the rest of my days. Right. This is that call that I'm calling you on, and just give me that opportunity. So I woke up. They had the hazmat suits on, and like I felt like I had Ebola or something like that. Right. 
And then uh, when I woke up out of that, everybody was walking around laughing, high-fying, and like, hey, man, you know, you know you're doing good. What's your <laughs> diet? And what's your, you know, and I said, where's my girl? I'm like, We're going to get married. And uh, I said, you know, I had a dream when I was under like that. I wanted to know if uh, uh, I think that I, I might have a kid out there and I wouldn't want them to be like you uh-huh. looking for their father. So we got married and then we went to Virginia to go find the, uh, you know, I said, do some you know, work, had to ask, you know, had to enlist the help of my friends that were, you know, um, you know, uh, that can get information through the database of NCIC and, you know, um, to, you know, the detectives that I knew that could actually help me help myself. So what was it that made you even realize that you had a son? Oh, um, I didn't know I had a child. I just thought that there was a child out there in my dream. Okay. And I, and I just knew how my wife was tormented because she didn't know her father. Uh-huh. Okay, and I just wouldn't want that. Right, and I knew I the only thing now. that yeah. I knew is okay. that she was pregnant. Okay, and if she's at liberty, and liberty was pretty strict. Sure, then right. not as much now, but they were strict then, and you can't just, you know, you you had to come with some morals. And if she got pregnant, I didn't think the worst. I thought there was some, and I asked the question, what happened not to my ex-wife, but to her parents, because that's who I eventually found. I'm like, what happened to the baby? And they said, there is no baby. So I said, I'm going to do one better, because I didn't believe that. Uh I'm going to go to the husband now that she's married to. I know where she works, and I know that she married her high school sweetheart that she was with prior to me. And I asked him, I said, hey, as a father, as a man, I wouldn't want my child out there not knowing that I exist. Can you tell me if she had a baby prior to marrying you? And he said, all I know is that there was no baby. I'm like, wow. That was the end of my due diligence. Uh Then I took that DNA test, bam. <laughs> but, but now, okay, she remarried. So, and you didn't know where she was. How no. did, okay, she did not remarry. She did remarry. Okay, but how did she divorce you if she didn't know um, you were? When I when I was, um, um, I got the divorce papers from a. Uh, oh gosh, what was it called? It's almost like the guy that will give you a subpoena. You always okay. seen that guy that see. run away. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now we're we're down to about uh, nine, about seven minutes. Yeah. So now let's talk about the ministry. Okay. What what is it? Uh, is it a home? Uh, is it you looking to buy some property or yes. what, what are you looking to do yeah. here? So I'm looking for a facility, right? That, and, and here's it. The the concept in my mind is that to to have an organization, um, men helping men. But it's not just men helping men because I need the women also that were hurt by men and that hurt their own relationship as they're being young and not knowing how to to be a father or a parent okay. as I was okay. um, or a person that couldn't help you process what you were going through as a man, although you made the choice to be a father. Okay. So, you know, I need to have... Um, the women that were hurt that couldn't tell that side of the story mm-hmm. to the men that made it or the men that are trying to make it. And this is where the counseling part that you're talking about absolutely comes in. You want to provide that type of service where people can come de- come together, yes. talk about their hurts, yes. talk about solutions. Yes. How do you deal with these things? How do you get beyond these things? Because you know, the things that you've described to us here this morning is a, a mess. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it makes a mess out of people. And that was the Walt Disney yeah. version. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it is that we've got people yeah. all across society yes. who are just messed up because of circumstances in their lives. A lot of it was afflicted by people who 
bore them. Right. I mean, it's it's a it's a, an amazing thing. And I also will say this: there's a lot of people walking around mm. that's made a mess out of their own lives. Yes. And uh, you can't blame it on anybody else. Right. It's, it's their decisions and decisions they made. Victims. But sometimes people come to their senses. They, they come to reality. Absolutely. And when they do, they need somebody that can help them. Well, you know, here's the thing that's most important. So as a father, I'm talking about a real father that's... I'm not saying that there's fake fathers out there. I'm saying that it took me a couple times to get it right. <laughs> and... And I think that I still don't have it right. Uh-huh. And you'll never have it right. No, no but you just no, have to no 100%, do. No. no. And and at least the little that I do know, maybe I can help someone right, else help right. themselves. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, my mom, it took a while to forgive my mom. Uh-huh. Like I felt that she gave me away. She gave me up. Right. And, and but when I became a parent, I understood. Uh-huh. And, and it's hard to tell that. Right. And, you know, some people just aren't. Yeah. So, you know, here's, here's the thing. So if you give people information sometimes, you know how you can have a baby, a newborn baby, they eat, you know, they drink Similac or, you know, um, they might, you know, they have a bottle because they can't, you know, they can't digest, you know, um, you know, food off your plate. Uh-huh. You can't give a baby steak and potatoes because they'll throw it up. Right. Because they'll eat it though. If you put it in their mouth, they'll eat it and they'll throw it up because their body's not ready for it. And sometimes, you know, um, when you give people information, they may not be ready for it. Right. They'll just reject it. And and um, I know that I want to not be naive and say that I have a, um, I really have a great relationship with my kids, but you're not the only one that can save your kids. And sometimes it's strangers that save your kids. Uh-huh. It's that old guy that says, hey, you know your parents didn't raise you up to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, Stop what you're doing. Coaches. Yeah. Coaches. Coaches, teachers, teachers yeah. pastors, deacons. Sunday school teachers. The yeah. janitor. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. but but I, I say this, I, I say this because it comes back to loneliness. Sure. We can almost go through and endure anything if we have somebody to go through it yeah, with us. amen. Now, are you looking to do this ministry? Uh, of course, we don't necessarily call it a ministry. It's it's, it's what what's in your heart. Right. It, may, it may be a ministry, it may not be. Right. Here in Tallahassee, yes. So you 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 you're relocating here, absolutely. But this is a town that you oh yes. you didn't necessarily grow up here, but you were here for a while, right? And you got the nose hat on, so that yes. so that makes you. Part oh, I've been of a fan. <laughs> I've been a fan. I've been a uh, Seminole since they had the wooden bleachers. Oh my goodness! Yes, <laughs> yes. So not so, not as long as it was a girl's school, but the wooden bleachers not that far back. Now, how do you look to finance all this? I'm just looking to. Um, you know, raise capital any way I possibly can uh, via car washes, uh, you know, um, donations, uh, you know, whatever we have to do, you know. Right. I, and, I, and I think that, you know, um, you know, and I appreciate you uh, bringing me on. Um, it's almost somewhat therapeutic. Um, but I sometimes wonder where I would be if those individual strangers didn't come into my life uh-huh. to help me help myself. I hear you. I hear you. I, even I, you. I, see, I can identify with that. Yeah, see, even can, you. Yeah. But, but see, God brings things together. Yes. That's one thing I've learned about doing this radio show. I've been doing it actually, almost 18 years. People say, where do you get the gas? I said, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. All kinds of ways. Yes, yes. But, but, but God brings it all together. Now, Darrell, do you feel comfortable giving out any information? How people oh, can contact you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I can be reached at uh, I can be reached at 984 let me hold, let me get this right. Nine eight four two three two nine one one eight. Once yes. again, that number is nine eight four two three two nine one one eight. I can be reached at that number. 
anytime. So if, if this identifies with somebody that's out there listening and you say, well, I'd, I'd like to be a part of that because like, you're going to need counselors. Yes. There's a lot of structure that goes into these type of ministries. And the reason why I know that is because I've interviewed so many people right. who are doing so many different things. Yes. And, and I've heard about their their, their triumphs and right. their tragedies. <laughs> and yes. people are, uh, have been real, real good just to be honest with us here yes. on the radio. They, Absolutely. People tell me these are, these are the struggles that we had when yes. we started. And I hate to tell you this, my brother, but you're going to have some struggles. In Absolutely. Absolutely. But you'll grow. Yes. If, you're, if, if this is a true calling of God, you'll, you'll grow and, and you'll learn. You'll get better at it right. <laughs> as, right. as you go along. And, and hopefully, there'll be those who'll come a partner with you. In right. other words, they'll, they'll see your heart and your vision and uh, they'll be coming along beside of you. Yes. And I look at, sometimes when I'm seeing things in the paper or something like that, I'll see somebody that's been here on the show and I said, I remember when they first started. Right. And they're doing something now uh, that it's just amazing what's, what's happening in their lives. And I'm going, yeah, but I remember when they started. Right. And they shared their vision and uh and then they came back maybe a year later and talked about some of their struggles, but they prevailed because they stayed with it. Right. And God honored them. And uh, like I say, he'll make things happen that we couldn't. And there's been so many things in my life that I said, that I couldn't have planned that if I don't want it. Just like doing this show. Right. You, you can read my book. It'll tell you how this happened. And I couldn't have planned it if I wanted to. Right. But, but when God's in it, he, he makes the way. Right. And I always tell people this. How, how do you launch a dream? You put one foot in front of the other. And wow. Go make the mistakes. Right. Go make them. Because you're going to make them. But you'll learn from them and you'll grow from them. And that's the way it is. We always close this broadcast out with prayer. And Father God, I pray for Daryl today. Lord, you know his heart. You know his vision. God, you put the vision there. You know more about it than he does. I pray, God, that you would lead him. Lord, I pray you'd open doors and close doors. If it's not right, God, you, you close the door. And Lord, when it's your will, you open the door. And Father, we'll trust you with it. And Lord, I just pray your blessings upon him. I pray over our city, Tallahassee. I pray for our country, oh God, bless America. And Lord God, in all that we do, we glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And Father, we do pray for our churches tomorrow, for our pastors, or actually today, for our pastors. And uh, Lord, we just pray your anointing be there. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Daryl, it's been great to have you on the show. Same here, sir. Same here. And until next Sunday morning. Absolutely. May the Lord bless you.